0: One time I was drunk on a morning show in Montana The host asked me if I had a nickname. name Said my friends call me the Dirt bad King She said on the air I started giggling Hasn't had me back but now I've got this podcast Welcome to my podcast Welcome, Dirtbags. Thank you so much for tuning in to A Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. This is your host, Charles Ellsworth, and as always, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for tuning in. First, I want to apologize for taking last week off. I've been working a whole bunch, two different jobs. I think I mentioned it on the last episode, and just been kind of working almost every single day for like six weeks. It's been great to earn some money. It's been really fun work, mostly, but it's been exhausting, and I just couldn't get this episode out in time. But It actually worked out because today that I'm recording this intro is the birthday of this guest. And this guest is my friend, Carl M banks. He's been on the podcast before. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you should probably listen to that one first and then come back to this one, just because uh, you'll get a better idea of who Carl is and and we kind of do the whole, you know, tell us about yourself and your history and whatnot. And then this is just kind of like two friends catching up after not really seeing each other for several months. It's a great episode. It's a great conversation. We have so much fun. True to form. We smoke some weed. We talk about running. We talk about music and being on the road, all kinds of stuff. It was really fun to hang out with Carl. Those of you that were listening to the last episode know we met playing a a show together in Cleveland about a little over a year ago and just immediately hit it off. He's just a rad dude, been on the road for years. He's been playing music originally from Missouri, came out to New York City a number of years ago, and he's just been just been getting after it, running a bunch, playing music, and just being his badass self. Really stoked to have made friends with Carl. He's a really sweet, genuine human being. He's a great songwriter, super funny, just really fun to be around. So you're going to really enjoy this episode, and I just want to say thanks so much for coming on, Carl. It's always a pleasure, and uh, I got to start training for that hot dog eater, 50 kilometer. It's going to kill me, but I really want to do it. It's like this run that we talk about that he's putting on. So, so yeah, I'm trying to say it out loud more and more and as often as I can because then that kind of will force me to be accountable and, and actually try and do it. So... Before we get to the episode where we talk about all kinds of interesting and fun things, I just want to say a few quick things. If you like the show and you want to support us, there's some great ways that you can support us. And right now, the main one is to become a patron over at Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com forward slash Charles Ellsworth. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash C-H-A-R-L-E-S-E-L-L-S-W-O-R-T-H. And over at Patreon, you can sign up to contribute 3 five, ten $5, $10 a month. Whatever it is, you wouldn't miss at the end of the month. And it goes directly to supporting the show, helping me put out new episodes, helping me just make it all make sense. And it's so appreciated. We've got a, some dedicated patrons over there, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. You're all so fucking rad and just supportive and it means the world to me. I've been working a whole bunch of the past 6 weeks and so there's been money coming in, but the 5 or 6 weeks before that, I hadn't been working. And those those periods where, you know, there's not a lot of money coming in, the Patreon and things like that, you know, merch sales That all just helps me keep my head above water and and help it all just keep moving along. So thank you so much, patrons. I can't tell you how much it's meant to me and how many months that's helped me just, you know, keep a roof over my head and keep food in my belly. So thank you so much for that. Uh, If you're not in a position to support the show on Patreon right now, don't worry. I totally understand that as a working, traveling dirtbag myself. I've been there plenty of times, so please, the best way you could support us without having to spend any money at all is just making sure that you're subscribed to us on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on or you're following us, whatever whatever terminology or verbiage they use. And if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app or if you have the Apple Podcast app, please just give us a five-star rating on there and a review. Tell us why you like the show, just a few sentences. It doesn't have to be long, and it's not going to be that difficult for you, and I promise you that... The amount of work it takes for you is nothing compared to how much it makes a difference for me. And I say that a lot, but really, really, I've seen more and more traffic come in each time I see new reviews pop up or new ratings pop up. And it's just the, the proof is in the pudding that that stuff helps me get more listens. I'd love for the podcast to get out to more and more people. And the best way to do that is to, you know push the algorithm in our favor, and, and how you can do that is leaving reviews and ratings in the Apple Podcast app. Another way you can help support us and get us out to more and more people is to share it with people that you're friends with and that you think would enjoy it. Word of mouth is such a powerful, powerful way to get things out to more and more people, and it's the best way that we've been able to find to get the podcast out to a wider audience. So please share your favorite episode with someone that you care about and that you think would enjoy it, um, and just tell them, hey, I enjoy this show. I want more and more people to listen to it, and I think that you'd enjoy it. So please give it a listen. Every listen is so cool. I can't believe y'all like to just listen to me and people I find interesting just bullshit for a couple of hours. It's it's really cool. And I just want to say thanks so much to everyone that listens every week. It's really awesome to have a following. And, you know, when I don't have an episode up, people reaching out and being like, hey, where's the episode this week? It, I'm sorry to disappoint, but also it means a lot to know that people are out there listening. It's really cool. And so I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. If you'd like to come out to a show and support me in person, there's some great ways you can do that coming up. This Friday, actually tomorrow, from when this episode comes out, I'm playing at Bar Freta for Franz Nicolet's album release show with the full band. It's going to be a ton of fun. Doors are at 7 Tickets are $10 in advance or $12 at the door. If you'd like advance tickets, look in the show notes on this episode. I'm going to have a link to that show where you can get tickets, make sure you get them in advance because there's a chance it will sell out. People love Franz and there's going to be a lot of people in that basement there at Bar Freitas. So make sure you get your tickets in advance. I'd love to see some friends there. If you live in Utah, the location of the greatest snow on earth and the only license plate in the U.S. with an exclamation mark after the name of the state, then I've got some great news for you. I've got some shows coming up in Provo and in Salt Lake City on the 25th of this month, Black Friday. I'll be playing at ABG's in Provo with my friend Vincent Draper and the Coles and a new band that I've started with some friends who's going to be in Utah making a record, is also going to play a set that night. So come to ABG's in Provo on Black Friday to catch me, Vincent Draper, and my new band, who we've yet to come up with a name for. But we've got some cool ideas, so keep an eye out for that. And then on the 26th of November, Black Saturday, or the day after Black Friday, whatever the fuck you want to call it, me and Vincent Draper and my new band, are playing a set at quarters dlc downtown salt lake city it's going to be really fun ten dollars at the door come through bring your friends bring your family bring everyone that's in town for thanksgiving it's going to be really 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 good time i'm stoked to be playing in salt lake city and in provo again some of my favorite places some of my favorite people it's going to be rad if you don't live in brooklyn or utah don't worry lots of shows coming up lots of tours in the next year So keep an eye out for those. And in the meantime, make sure you're listening to my music on whatever platform you listen to music on. Make sure you're following Charles Ellsworth and make sure you're putting your favorite songs on your favorite playlists and also telling your friends about that. Thank you so much for the support, for spreading the word about our little podcast here, spreading the word about my music and just being rad, rad friends. Thank you so much. Come out to the shows. Can't wait to see y'all now. Enjoy this conversation I have with my friend Carl M. Banks. So I, I bought, like, a Line 6 DL4. I see it. Yeah, yeah, you see Did the you box. buy it new? Uh, yeah, well, I bought the, they, like, did a remake of oh, it. They've cool. got, like, a, the, the Mark II, so I bought that. And uh, on this last tour, because after playing with the band, you know, I had to, like, try something. And so. Right. But it was funny because I was, like, learning how to loop and how to do all this shit, like, on stage. Because I bought it, like, three days before <laughs> I left. It's yeah. hard. Or, like, it's, it's really hard, to hard. Get the rhythm, Dude. rhythm right. Yeah, it's really hard. Just practice. I, I would, like, on days off when we when we just had nothing to do, we are just, like, uh-huh. hanging out in the town. I would go to, like, some park. Mm-hmm. And, and Banjo and I would hang out. And I had, like, my... My little car battery jumper thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I would just power my amp and pedals through that because it would it would power it for hours, uh-huh. and that's how people busk, I guess. Is that what you? Or...
1: Um, well, when I when I busk, I didn't use any uh, elect- electrified sound. Oh, okay. I had like a, a kick drum suitcase and and just sang really loud. But um, when I was doing this, I just built this puppet and was dancing around the city. I did. I had a, a battery pack that I bought for potentially busking. And I played at the 3100 uh, run last September oh, cool. and stuff. Cool. So, um, so yeah, I have a small battery pack. Also, oh, nice. It's a little bit of a uh, end of the world type of, at least I'll have that much battery to run my phone when the world ends, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Mine's like mostly for like jumping your car, but it uh-huh. has a, you know, it does have a, an outlet on it or whatnot. And uh, How's yeah, the van doing? The van's good it's uh, i mean there's some there's something weird going on with the electrical that i need to i need to figure out cuz i keep having like problems with the battery and the alternator it'll be a it's new probably one probably the fucking jumper cable
1: thing you're using it for busking too much <laughs> no i'm just kidding oh i was like oh, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense but
0: uh, no uh but yeah, it's it's great. The van's awesome, and it's uh, it's it. I'm glad I have it. It keeps paying for itself. Like yeah. Every month, someone hires me to do something with it, which is like, that's pretty rad. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you just keep it on the street around the city, or yeah, yeah, just around here. Um, but uh, so let's before we were recording, you were talking about this uh, this marathon in 1904. 1904. In, <laughs> St. Louis, and this uh-huh. is blowing my mind. People <laughs> people are so fucking stupid. Yeah, well, it's but crazy. we still are. Anyways, yeah. yeah, keep going. Well, if you
1: think about the marathon, the first marathon ended with a death, you know? It was a, oh, yeah. a Greek god. Or not, I don't think it was a god, but whatever. He ran from marathon to Athens to tell them they beat the Persians, and he collapsed, right? Um, so that's the story of where the marathon comes from. Mm-hmm. But there was no... It's roughly 25 miles from uh, Marathon to Athens. It's not 26.2, which is like this specific thing that we have. So that didn't come about until like the late 1800s. Okay. um, Whenever they decided it. So anyway, at the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis, there was also uh, an Olympics there. But nobody fucking came because it was in St. Louis. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, so they like... There also was the World's Fair. So on the marathon, they got... Um, Just kind of random people from the World's Fair, you know, like it was like a lot of racist ideology at the time. And like, oh, we can beat, you know, these whatever primitive people that from blah, blah, blah. And um, so they're like not even runners. They're just like, you know, do the marathon. So they put down all this dust and uh, for the course. And St. Louis gets super hot, like 90s, you know, and like mid 90s. And it was midsummer and um by humid as fuck humid as fuck and uh yeah and so like they,
0: today today in new york city very insane sorry
1: <laughs> yeah but i also had like a jacket on too so yeah so anyway um people start they take off, you know fire the gun and they start running on this dust and then people are breathing it in and like there's there was accounts of people like throwing up blood and everything because it was so bad um and they didn't believe in drinking yeah, water? Yeah, they didn't believe in drinking water. <laughs> the, the prevailing wisdom at the time was water was bad for you. I think because people were cramping, they thought, whatever, They're probably what was happening is their salt was getting out of whack, and they thought that it was the water doing it when it's really the ratio of water to salt in your blood or whatever. Yeah, totally. But anyway, um, the idea was like they would uh, like have a sponge and put it in your mouth to, like, you know ease that pain or whatever and then they would take uh they would shoot egg whites that was the thing they ate they would drink brandy and then they would also ta- also take strychnine which is a poison which is they used as rat poison but it's a stimulant too when it's used so they were yeah. fucking hallucinating people are like vomiting blood right <laughs> and so uh it wasn't it was like 24 miles it wasn't even the, the regular 26-mile thing. And so then the guy who wins, uh, the guy, he had just won the Boston Marathon, I believe. He fucking shows up and like, oh, I won the fucking race. And they put the wreath on him and everything. And then, um, uh, somebody's like, no, he fucking rode in a trolley car for like half the fucking thing, you know? And they're like, oh, so there's big, big to do at the end of it. And the guy that actually did, ended up winning, uh, was hallucinating. And there's like this picture of him and he looks fucking <laughs> so tweaked out. And, uh, yeah, it was a it was the 1904 marathon. It's one of the one it's
0: legendary. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm yeah. I'm damn. I'm just like blown away by these things. Like when I listened to our old, our last episode, uh-huh. um, most of it I didn't get through all of it um, <laughs> <laughs> over the past couple of days just to kind of prepare for like what we talked about, you know, not too much repeating. I didn't do that. But, so I'm glad you I'm glad you
1: took the time. Yeah,
0: you um you told me about pedestrianism right. on that last episode and I had never heard of this that it was just like people like it was competitive walking. Right,
1: yeah. And uh, the same time, same time period, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So then it, the marathon gets put into the cuz the walking feats were very popular, but the um they decided to start doing the Olympics in like the late 1890s maybe, uh-huh. and so they put the marathon in there and they um and they the first one and then they said like this is going to be the whatever the marker and so now everything that's above a marathon the marathon's happening in new york this coming sunday too so oh damn yeah it's kind of on my mind I, I i would love to run it i'm so mad that i can't well, why can't you well i you just didn't <laughs> register <or> whatnot <laughs> well, i didn't qualify i mean there's multiple ways to do it you either have to run a qualifying time which is like <laughs> super fast and maybe doable but would take like a year of training to do. Mm -hmm. Then there's this other program called the Nine Plus One. You do nine New York Roadrunner runs (laughs) and you volunteer at one and you get automatic entry. But I I planned to do that in 2020 and everything got canceled because of the pandemic, you know. And then there's like uh, charities. You have to raise like $3,000 for a charity and you get automatic entry. So I I have some friends doing that, um, which is cool. But my life is basically a fundraising campaign all the time, you you know, so I like to... Yeah, to do that, I'm like, I would need that money myself. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: no, I, I, yeah, um, totally get that. Um, since we spoke last, you you were getting ready to, or, or I don't even know if you had, but like when we spoke last, you were, you hadn't run the Miami or the Keys 100, Keys 100. Yet. Yeah, I had um, not. You were like preparing preparing for it because we spoke what last spring something yeah, like February or March something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and so, um yeah let's let's start there i'd love (laughs) to talk about the keys 100 if uh, yeah because you and i haven't really had a chance to dig into that a lot either so um, you know, those of you listening, if you haven't listened to episode one with Carl, you should, cause I just finished listening to it and it's really fucking good. We talked about <laughs> we, some cool shit We did, and yeah. it's not just me <laughs> rambling though. Sometimes I feel like I just talk so far. There's plenty of it, but that's, I feel like I just talk so much <laughs> Well,
1: that's what this whole thing is what you're doing. Yeah.
0: Podcasting is for bullshitting, I guess. Uh, but yeah, the last time we talked, you were getting ready to run the keys 100, which uh-huh. is a hundred mile race down in the Ford keys. Yeah. Um, tell us about like, you know, as much as you want to about the race, about the film that you're working on about, yeah. you know, I'd love the to... film's
1: called bruised toes. Um, and the plan initially was to go, um, us one is the original like, uh, highway that went from Fort Kent, Maine to, to Key West. And, uh, the plan was to travel that and do gigs as I trained for this run. And then the last hundred miles would be the, the race, uh-huh. you know, um, which I thought would be symbolic. And I have a connection with the keys. I lived down there and met my girlfriend through a mutual friend down there. So, um, so that, um, so I got up to Fort Kent, Maine, got the, you know, played a string of shows and it was just like pretty obvious that I couldn't do both. I wasn't, you know, it was like just playing the gigs is takes so much out of you setting up, tearing down, moving, driving, you know, it was just, It was too much. So once we got back to New York, I kind of just was like, I'm not going to play any more shows. We're just going to travel the rest of the way and do camping and running and hiking and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did. We were chasing the heat, trying to get, because it was going to be hot, but it was like springtime. So it was like snowy in Maine when we were up there and we're going south and everywhere we go, is like hot last week, but cold tonight, you know? Oh, damn. So it's just like you am trying sa- to heat train because it's going to be like exactly. insanely
0: hot and humid. Right. And
1: that's the whole nature of why this race is hard is because you're it's totally exposed. There's no shade for the entire thing. Fuck. You're running over bridges and islands uh through, you know, that's it's like used to be a train trussle or whatever. And okay. now it's a, a highway, Um a very unnatural race, really, because you're running on things you shouldn't even be ru- running on, on pavement water, the whole way. pavement and water. Yeah, you know. But it was fucking, it was really cool. So, anyway. So, wait, your feet were wet for a lot of this race? Well, uh, I'll get there, but yeah. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get there. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Because,
0: <laughs> so, like, I just, that just crossed my mind. I was like, fuck, that's insanity. Oh, yeah, it hurts so but bad. But, anyways, let's let's okay, go back so, to the beginning.
1: <laughs> so, then we're, like, just going to camp and hike, and we traveled all the way down and got to the Keys, like, a, way before we had. I had, like, Two weeks, you no, know, like a week, and a, half, a week and a half before I thought we would get there. But my friend put us up, and we just, you know, would hike every day. in like, we did some filming around to get a bunch of B-roll and um, did, like, a helicopter ride to get, like, aerial footage and stuff, cool. which was super fun. Um, like, yeah, we're making a movie, you know. <laughs> yeah. And just gave me the peace of mind to be in. But it still was not hot. <laughs> it was, like, still kind of, you know, not humid and just subtropical, you know. Springtime weather it was cool, but then the day of the race. So we get there, and the day of the race is just like it was fucking brutal hot. It was like this hazy, gray. Um, looked like it was gonna rain all day, but the sun was e- equally intense. It was just gray and flat, and uh, it was just really hard. So um, we started cruising the first couple hours, just to, like running at a you know pretty good clip. It was me and my brother. He did the race mm-hmm. with me. And then um, once it got a little bit hot, um, I started experiencing cramping, like debilitating cramping. Um, I knew it like this is it had happened to me before in an ultra, and so I knew it, that what was the potential that it could happen. And so I was just walking to kind of like you know, uh, you know, just keep my red line down or whatever. Try and work through it. Uh huh. And then at one point I'm like, I'm gonna take a. a a breather at this next stop and lay down and just like really relax, you know? And then I did and it like cramping started getting worse when I was trying to do that. And so, um, then I start, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go. And I take off. And, uh, my calf was cramping up was seizing up really bad. And then I started walking and then it was like my calf What was happening to my calf. Like a Charlie horse happened to my calf, my quad and my oblique and my neck. Like, all at the same time. Holy shit. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I could not move. I, the, my only option would be, to like, to fall forward. You know, it was just, it was, and I was just, like, it was incredibly painful. But I'm also just like, fuck. And then it's like, all right, dude, you're just stuck here. Just breathe. And, like, and slowly I started, like, walking a little bit. My leg was, like, a little loosey-goosey. And, uh-huh. then, and then I slowly just got back into it and then was, like, fine. How many miles was it, were you into this? That was like a mile, like thirty so pretty early on, you know, but the heat of the day, and so yeah. then um, then it was just like straight walking after that and um, for like an hour, and then one time so I would try to run, and as soon as I started to like get a, like a ping of a cramp in my uh, calf, I would stop and walk and you know like pull back or whatever uh-huh. and then one time my brother went ahead to use a, a porta potty and um, I just started to jog to catch up to him and I could run again. And then it was just like, we're back on it and then we yeah. could run. And so then that was cool. And then my sister-in-law, Beth, um, she started pacing us and it was just like, that was a, the highlight of the whole fucking thing. We were like cruising, you know, and the sun went down and it was fun. But what's going on with your feet is, um, you're like pouring, you're sweating a ton you know, and I'm like a super heavy sweater and you're just pouring water and ice and, you know, you're just getting wet constantly. So your feet just get totally soaked the whole time. Oh, know? yeah. And so you get like these blisters. Can we talk about gross f- feet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, this is your uh, your trigger content warning. Content <laughs> right, warning, right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why we started calling it bruised toes because uh, it's, it's a huge part of it, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but basically you get calluses on your feet and then underneath your callus um you get a blister and like deep in your foot so you can't lance it because it's so deep in there like the skin is too thick it's like under your whatever first dermis level yeah <laughs> and so um so the, it's just like and it happened to me and my brother in this previous race cuz it rained for like 15 hours and it happened again because this one was just so wet and i mean i changed my socks like probably 10 times during the cuz it took me 30 hours because uh-huh. i was walking so much of it and, uh, I changed my shoes like four or five times and it's just, I mean, I tried to stay on top of it, but it just, yeah, it just feet got
0: destroyed. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, yeah. uh, so what time of day did you start this race at? We
1: started at 7am. We were like the last kind of people to start. we were in the last probably 10 people to start as, as 100 milers and, um, it was 702
0: or something like that. Okay. And so, uh and so you ran for 30 hours. So you were like running until one the uh, next afternoon something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really hard part
1: in the night because once the sun went down it was like easier. It was cooler, you know. I mean, it was yeah. still hot as fuck and it was still very very hard, yeah, but totally. it was just like the punishing sun was gone and um and then the next morning, I mean, we still had like 20 miles to go and the sun's coming up and it was just like Shit, we're gonna have to deal with the sun again, you yeah. know. And like, uh, it was it was tough, man.
0: Um, what do you like when when you're like cramping up and you're just like fucking ready to like you can hardly move or mm-hmm. whatnot? Like, what's going through your mind? What are you trying? Like, how do you ki- get yourself to keep going? Um, I, you know, like th- the previous
1: time I had, you try to fight it and it's like and you get, and you get frustrated cause you're not able to do what you want to do with your body. Um, and so it's like really just relaxing and staying positive and being like, it's going to pass, just, you know, let it do its thing for a second and then relax and breathe. I mean, it was all breath that like, you know, just calm me down and shit. But, totally. um, and then I just, I mean, I was going like, me and my brother were laughing. I was looking at some footage. We we're laughing about it. I, he was like, you were going like you know a forty-minute pace, like just barely shuffling along, and then my leg got a little weird, you know, at one point. But then I just came back, and then it was like that was like the worst of it, and then, and then I could
0: run again eventually. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. That's was wild. Wonder. Yeah, and then the rest was there any other spots like that you were, like, considering dropping out? Were you? No, I needed to get it. I knew I was gonna. I knew. Cause I could
1: walk it in you know and I knew I could do that my feet hurt so bad but I was like you know I can go yeah I
0: can keep going
1: I can keep going and um my brother at like mile 80 um he dropped out and that was pretty that was crazy um I didn't really see it coming and then he was just like I can't do it and I kind of got like oh man I want you to finish and I looked down and his feet were just like bloody you know and like just in rush yeah and he had already made the decision he was out and he had he looked relaxed and happy and you know because it's like you know it sucks it's like it's hard it's really hard you know yeah. it really hurts really bad um but he has gotten the hundred before so mm-hmm. um and i have not so i was like i'm gonna finish you're like i have to get this mm-hmm. like, and I'm then the miss. crews just rallied together and my sister-in-law beth and ricky and everybody's just like okay you're gonna do you know, the next three miles, basically it's three mile to two mile chunks that you're meeting your crew. And so they would just switch off. And my friend peak, who's like outdoors, dude, he's like a hiker, you know, like, but not a runner. Uh And he did like a mile and a half with me in Chaco's. And it was pretty fucking funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and and then finished. And then it was just like, you know, it felt good, but it's also just like, what you're just so out of it. And like, what, you know what the fact that i
0: you'd, yeah you um you you smoke weed you you drink booze while you're doing that definitely not booze not but like
1: booze i took a couple one hits yeah <laughs> yeah
0: don't tell i it's against the rules so oh is it yeah
1: maybe we should edit that out ricky uh, signed up for the 50 miler this year so oh, i can
0: edit that out <sighs>
1: <laughs> you're like damn <laughs> like like Bob Becker's going to listen to this and be like,
0: dude, I get, I mean, he might be one of like the 25 people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Put a marker on it. I guess. I mean, I don't really care. It's on, it's on film. We filmed it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, like, like why is it against
0: the rules? Is it illegal in Florida?
1: um, Just there's rules about um, what you can supplement. You can't take speed. You can't, you know, in some races they take your blood at the end or take your pee. I'm sorry. Um, so it's just on a banned list of
0: things. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. You I know? mean, I guess that makes sense. You're not know, like they're, they're going to let you just like be eating Ritalin and. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, you would. It would be fucking great. Like
1: the pedestrian would chew on the guy, the main guy, uh payson Weston would chew on coca
0: leaves, uh-huh. so he would, you know, stimulate that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's. uh I mean yeah that's definitely that makes sense performance enhancing like because weed for me would like that's that's the only way i can do any of this shit like i don't know if you noticed when we did the the bridge (laughs) in a slice like i snuck off like five minutes before and just like just smoked smoked a big old bowl and did some stretching and was just like okay here it goes
1: bridge in a slice there are no rules about you can do as much weed as you want (laughs) yeah that's drink booze you can do whatever the fuck you want
0: (laughs) yeah that was so fun too i will um that was one of the highlights of my year, I gotta say. Yeah, that's cool. So, I saw the
1: fucking thing up there.
0: Oh yeah, I got there. I've got the. Oh sweet. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice
1: that. That's cool. Yeah. Pizza so
0: box. next to my dead cactus, <laughs> is, <laughs> cacti. I got two dead cacti on my wall right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, that that was really cool. I I'm I'm really bummed that I've kind of fallen out of like training because yeah. I, I need to jump back into it. But. Um, it's always waiting there for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> you totally, I mean? and I keep telling myself that, but I keep getting home from these mm-hmm. insane dates. What I'm trying to convince myself is like, like that job site's five and a half miles away, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, run over there, or just, run back. Yeah, run there, run back. The problem is, is you get there all sweaty and tired, and then you got to fucking work
1: a full day, you know? Yeah, That's that tough. that would be tough. If and there then, was like showers and shit, that'd be like, cool.
0: And then but. working like a full day and. You know, yeah. running back. That's and it's like I got like a backpack with like tape measure and shit like that. Right. You know, it's just yeah, yeah it's like. Around. But it's, I mean, I'm realizing it as I rejoin the 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 civilian workforce is like how little time there is to do anything <laughs> but fucking go to work, be at work, and go home from work. Like it's <laughs> fucked. I'm like, no and wonder still not
1: be able to afford anything. Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> that's the
0: crazy thing is like I'm like sitting there doing the math of like when my paychecks come through and like when i and just being like oh i might be able to pay off the balance that's currently on my credit card right you know what i mean and it's just like wishful thinking yeah <laughs> totally me. you know it's like um yeah which it is sucks. which is uh, awesome to be i mean i'm i'm stoked to, to have the work and to be you know what i mean like like all of the fucking bullshit that we're supposed to say you uh-huh. know but it's like but yeah, nobody's making enough money. Like that's just like the the bottom line. Like right. I I just it's just fucked up. And I, and I'm making the most money I've ever made doing carpentry uh-huh. and it's just not enough. Yeah. It's fucked up, you know? Um Yeah. But well, it's cuz you the extravagant lifestyle that you have here. That's that's true. That's <laughs> true. Which which is like funny cuz like He's got a tiger. I don't know. If I, yeah. Well, I mean, Banders got to have some to play with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, that's I mean, I don't want to be I don't want to be a downer and get on, but like we talked about this on the last time we spoke, and I, I bring this up a lot. Is like how I start to realize I'm, uh, or as I've gotten older, I've realized that like just as much as my love for music and songwriting um, has fueled this lifestyle, mm-hmm. or like this pursuit of this dream, just as much as that is my hatred of like being like capitalism like going like mm-hmm. just going to a fucking job all the time and like right. i like my job i like my coworkers, it's like a cool gig mm-hmm. it fucking sucks i don't like doing it you know yeah. <laughs> um and like <laughs> i i do like playing music you right. know and like even the worst day of that feels better than than like some of the best days on a job yeah yeah, yeah totally
1: totally i'm in the um opposite camp right now where i'm like building puppets that's my big uh that's how I'm going to make money. I'm just like, I'll just go dance around in the street, right? That's good money in that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you get some good TikTok
0: videos out of it?
1: No. No, because um, I'm not on TikTok. But here's the thing. I, The first place I went to go dance with it, uh, I had like a Bluetooth speaker in my like belt, and my like running belt, you uh-huh. know? And you kind of needed a fucking music to dance to you know yeah and uh bluetooth was like scrambled or like didn't work outside of the very first place i went in hudson yard so like i start dancing and then it's like would just cut out and then i'm like oh shit i was like incredibly nervous with this fucking puppet that i had spent like three days building i mean actually like a while because i put it you know had the idea for a long time Uh uh-huh and um and then i kind of went on a walk and then it started working behind this building and i was like oh okay
0: And so then I just kind of cruised around. Nice, that's cool. That's uh, yeah, that costume was fucking sweet. I saw. Yeah. Saw it. You check it out on Instagram, Carl M. Banks. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Like, I put this reel together,
1: and then I was like, "It's the fucking Joker. It's like this, (laughs) you know. It's like Joker vibes." I'm like, "Oh, but it, it, you know, because I'm like painting my face and like going out in the city and shit." Um, Oh. I didn't. I haven't seen the Joker. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. It's like I didn't. I'm not a, the biggest fan, but I guess ultimately, you know, that's like a white male rage movie, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh And my fucking puppet was bringing joy to everybody, you yeah. know. And it was like, oh, it's like it's like the good Joker. Yeah. Oh, it's like the cl- it's like what a clown does. What a cl- <laughs> clown. Yeah. Clowns get a bad rap, but that's kind of their their goal.
0: Yeah. So. They're just trying to get people to laugh. <laughs> right. Just trying to get people to to. Take a big look at the cosmic joke that is our lives, and, right. and just laugh at it. Exactly. You know? um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I don't know Halloween. I didn't do anything. I w- I worked, and I came home, and I just fucking sat here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds fun. Do you yeah. have trick or treaters? Come by. Um, I think one of my neighbors hung out downstairs mm. to like. Uh, my. Um, yeah, I just didn't get home till like seven thirty that night. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm starting to feel, it was just kind of like, man, Chuck, you need to do things. You need Mm -hmm. to stop just like fucking sitting here when you're, when you're (laughs) around. Yeah. Um, but it's like hard. I, you know, when you're tired and you're just like, I don't know. Um, and all your money goes to your rent and then you're like, well, I I should probably
1: take advantage of the (laughs) thing I'm paying for.
0: Yeah, totally. No, that's, uh, that's real. Um, <laughs> dang, what's uh, well, so what's going on, Carl? How's how's uh, everything else? Everything
1: else is good. Um, you know, piecing together this documentary, um, which is pretty exciting. I've been really into um. Save the cat. Do you know Save the Cat? Have you heard of this? I feel like I've heard of it. It's a book that some dude made in the early aughts, and it's like basically a screenwriting book, but it talks about story. Oh, and how cool. to like certain, he gives like, I don't know, funny names to certain structures that story should have. Save the Cat is like, you should like your hero in the beginning of the movie. You know, do yeah. put something in the beginning of the movie where they he saves a cat or they save a cat and then you're going to like them, you know. Gotcha. And then you're with them Gotcha. the whole thing. Um, some people hate this book because it was like, it's very much like you should have this happening on this page of your screenplay. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. It's very l- limiting in that way. But as far as like structure and three act structure and story, um yeah, I've just been listening to that. Really into that, thinking about that
0: a lot. Cool. No, that sounds right up my alley, right up my former self's alley. Um I what was I gonna say about that? Um yeah, well, like, the, I know people get pissed off about it. It's funny, because me in film school would have hated that book. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, like, oh, you know, you're just like, oh, no, there's nothing imaginative and blah, blah, blah. And, like, but I would have, and now I'm just like, I've just <laughs> accepted that's just how it is. <laughs> right, like, and like there's, of course, the formula that, works for yeah. a reason, and, and, uh-huh. it, and, like you know unless you're making an independent art house film if hollywood's not going to make money if they the math doesn't make sense they're right. not going to make it right you know like they have i've wor- I've dated people that are involved in things that it's like oh this star fell off last minute and now that movie is just not getting made everyone mm-hmm. thought they were making a movie right. like everyone thought they were flying to italy to make a movie next week uh-huh. and now n- everybody's Nobody. looking for a job <laughs> You know, and it's just because, like, so-and-so, like, ended up not being able to do it, and then the funding fell through, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so.
1: Goddamn.
0: So, yeah, yeah, no, it's just, like, fucking wild. But, anyways, from the, the perspective of, like, working on the documentary, um, like, what, what things have you learned, or what have you, like, um, what, um, uh, yeah, like new bits of information have kind of surprised you about storytelling. Or about
1: storytelling, um, I think that the midpoint and the s- second act into the third act are not the same thing. Like you have a midpoint, and then you have the the kind of you want two switches in whatever your hero is doing, two major turns in the story. Uh-huh. You know, and like I guess I I always think of it in because I come from music, I always think of like set break, you know, and so like. It was always hard for me to think of three-act structure because I'm like, the sets are kind of like, if you do two sets, it, it's pretty cool. You know, you get like your, like the dead always did two sets, rockers up front, and then like the deeper shit in the second uh-huh. half, you know, get a break in the middle of <clears throat> it. But, mm-hmm. um, um, so like, it's just as just a story goes, like, I guess, and, but it's not three, it's not always three turns or whatever. It can be five to nine, you know, if something like Breaking Bad has, um, goes on forever and has all these crazy turns and stuff, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, It can go forever. Um, But yeah, uh, just kind of like how those, um, uh, how screenwriting applies to just spoken word story too and how you're looking for those and the stories you tell around the campfire and stuff.
0: Totally. Um, Yeah, it is, I mean, I haven't thought about storytelling... Outside of songwriting, and so long. Mm-hmm. Um, well, songwriting is such a good vehicle for it. You it know, is. It yeah. like
1: it makes fucking sense. Like that's what I always loved about. Um, I really, what drew me to wanting to be a songwriter is like, you tell a really economical story, the beats. You try to m- match the beats up and stuff and rhyme and it's fun. It's like playing with puzzle pieces. You
0: know. Totally. It's it's just as much a Sudoku or crossword puzzle as it is right. like uh, painting.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. There's like. Laying the foundation down and then going in and finding the details. Um, and some people just like, don't do that. They just write it and then that's that. But I love the plan- like waiting on the right word to come up and then you're like, oh yeah, you know, the syllables line up perfectly. And you know, that line's like finished or something.
0: Totally. Yeah. I, um, I really enjoy that too. I, I find myself doing the Mad Men approach a lot where I just sit and think about a thing really, really hard for a long time and just like don't get anywhere. And then I just like leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, something just pops in my head. and It's yeah. like, there it is.
1: Yeah. Um, I find guitar is that way, too, um, when I'm like working on something and if I put it away for a little while and come back. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, I, I can play that better now.
0: Totally, and actually, that's there's got to be something to the way our brains fire, or like mm-hmm. like the way we learn things. Because I remember that's how it was for me with skateboarding as a kid, or mm-hmm. um, video games. Like if I couldn't beat a certain boss or whatnot, right? You'd leave it. You'd go have dinner or whatnot, and you'd come back and you beat it like first mm-hmm. try, or mm-hmm. you know, because like your your muscle memory had the chance to catch up with your brain or whatnot. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Or, um,
1: it for sure works that
0: way. I love it too. I love because
1: uh, like especially with guitar licks, you're like you want it, you want the kicks right then, you know. Yeah. And when you can't do it prop, you know exactly like you want or have like you have in your head, uh, it's
0: frustrating. And then all of a sudden, I'll, two weeks later, it comes back, and you're like,
1: I can fucking do that now.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I've understand. recently been revisiting some old like YouTube videos of like play blues in the style of lightning Hopkins mm-hmm. or, or like different blues artists, BB King, stuff like that, that I remember trying to do these videos f- five, ten, right. or so years ago. um, And like being able to do some of the licks, but just like not being able to put it all together. Right. And then just recently I was like, I want to kind of do that and been able to like do like play the blues better than I ever have before, because mm-hmm. I just like, just cuz i i know how to play guitar way better now right, totally. but i haven't like been trying to play the blues for 10 years you mm-hmm. know like yeah. it's it's so wild too cuz you listen to some of those players like lightning hopkins or so like mm-hmm. like early like delta blues musicians and i'm talking out of my ass i'm not an expert at all but uh-huh. like i hear like a very like like i don't even know how to say it. it's like it's like kinetic talented but not, like, polished guitar mm-hmm. playing. Like, that's, like, yeah. the whole thing is it's, like, oh, everything that's happening sounds and feels and just, like, is, like, it's the right. blues. It's right. just fucking... It's Falls
1: behind the beat. If,
0: like, uh, he gets ahead of the beat or whatever, out of tune strings or... Totally. Know. It all works. Mm-hmm. But it's, like... But there's, like, some real skill behind it, too. Oh, sure. Even though it sounds messy and whatnot. Uh-huh. It's... Because, like, I... I uh, ten years ago I had been playing the guitar for ten years theoretically like right. you know and I still couldn't do that shit right and now it's been twenty and I'm like I've been practicing guitar more than just playing guitar and it's uh-huh. I don't know it's cool how that
1: yeah definitely that works. yeah I love the blues but BB King he's like <coughs> single note man I love listening to BB King play but it's like it's just straight melody you know that's like he's just like he had the licks you know
0: oh yeah his. That was one of my favorite videos recently. Was just like, here's five BB King style licks, you uh-huh. know, or like, like how you play this lick in this one song, and yeah, and you just realize he's like the phrasing king, or or like, mm-hmm. or, you know, like he For just sure. the, just the master of like the coolest little phrases. And uh, did you see uh, Summer of Soul? No, I Quest didn't. The
1: Love movie. Did we talk about this last time?
0: I don't think we did. Okay, it was like the
1: Harlem uh, Street Festival. Not, I don't know, maybe not Street Festival. Harlem cultural something festival it happened in 1969 Mm -hmm. when woodstock was going on but it was like it happened up in harlem and um they filmed it and then it just like sat you know like all the things i've ever tried (laughs) to make exactly for a while and then and then people started putting it back together and it's like a mate it's like if you like concert films which are like my favorite thing in the world um it's one of the best it just looks so pretty but um Questlove directed it, and uh, you know once he got attached, it mm-hmm. got finished, and um, the footage is amazing. But BB King is one of the artists um, oh, on the lineup. Dude, you got to see it. Make it a point because it's it's so good. Uh, just like that that music, like Sly
0: and the Family Stone is is on there, and
1: yeah, it's just great.
0: Um, what, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, and uh, um, like what so when I was when i was a kid my when my mom and my stepdad got married uh we for vacations in the summertime we would like we had like a trailer and we just like all load in and just do you know the classic american road trip you mm-hmm. know making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like right. there were really cool vacations we did some really cool shit but it was also like um you know done with 10 kids and like you right. know like the it's like Living the brady on top of each other on yeah the brady bunch on uh you know on a like <laughs> wait like, how many kids um, let's see, there were seven of us. Oh, okay, yeah, that's um, a lot, <laughs> yeah, that's a, it is a lot. Uh, and so, but one time we were, we'd say the KOA campground sometimes. Yeah, one yeah. time we we're staying at this KOA in uh Reno, mm-hmm. and like next door, like was like the Circus Circus area, and they had like an amphitheater of some sort or whatnot. Okay, and like BB King was playing that night. Oh, really? And I was like 13, 14, it was like the summer between 7th and 8th grade, I want to say, maybe 8th, because we did this two summers, and and we stayed at that same campground, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember which one, and I had my skateboard, and I was skating around, and I met this other kid whose family was staying Uh in the area, and he was a skateboarder, so we were just skating around and whatnot, and at a certain point, sorry, uh, we ended up like... At the concert like at the oh, show really? and like he and i like snuck in and just watched like a <laughs> bb king show and that's it was awesome. totally like this sort of thing where i'm like this like nervous kid mm-hmm. that's like not trying to get in trouble with especially with my new stepdad and whatnot because right. like was scary at the time uh-huh. i mean you know yeah, yeah, uh but uh and this this kid who was like a, probably a little bit more of a troublemaker just mm-hmm. being like come on let's go let's do it like instigator yeah and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it was got that was like one of my first concerts ever. That's it was awesome. just like watching BB King from like the lawn of this amphitheater in Reno. That's great.
1: I love getting into concerts for free.
0: Yeah, you told us the story of the L C D. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Team. Last time. That was uh one of my faves. <laughs> yeah, dude. Their live show is fucking
1: they just put out some more music I saw I listened to recently.
0: <clears throat> yeah, new songs are fucking great. I really dig it. Yeah. And not just cause they buy me lunch every once in a while. <laughs> it's a really cool song are they the are they one of the 25
1: four of the 25 listeners oh i doubt they listen to my <laughs> podcast <laughs> what's up james <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: well, if you're listening thanks for buying me lunch sometimes and <laughs> and employing me at times uh but uh would love to have you on the, the podcast sometime if, <laughs> if you're interested
1: uh. did you just bring me on to pitch bug the lcd <laughs> sound system guy
0: Kermit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Um, were you... you have any other good sneaking into concerts? <laughs> fucking all... Yeah. Story? I went to see... Um,
1: the Avit Brothers were playing in St. Louis. Um, this is probably 2009. And uh, it was a sold-out show. My friend was there. I rode my bike down. He was like five people back from the first people to get in, you know? In this sold-out show. Mm-hmm. The doors are still closed. <clears throat> and... Uh, I'm like, can I put my bike in your van? And he's like, sure. So I go put it in the van, come back, and the line starts to move. And I didn't have a ticket. And I was like, oh. And this woman in the front of me was like, oh, I'll sell you my ticket. They were $20 face value, um, and but they were going for a lot because it was a sold-out show. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'll sell it to you for $50. And I was like, listen, you're going to go into the doors in like five seconds, you know, either with that in your pocket or I'll give you $20 for it. And she's like, all right, I'll do $20. And then I only had 15. So I was like, I, I'll give you 15. So I got in for 15 bucks, which was pretty good. And we got like, you know, right up on the rail from the whole, you know, from the beginning. So
0: that's a good show. Hell yeah. That wasn't a, wasn't a free one, but it was, uh, that's still a great deal. Mm-hmm. I saw um, the Gaslight Anthem in Salt Lake City for like $5 once. Oh, that's cool. And they were, and they were like pretty big at this point. It was just like they I don't know if they just kept the the tours cheap or what whatnot. Right. And my buddy uh, Regan, uh, who is also on a guest on this podcast, I saw him stage dive at that concert. And it was like the first time I'd seen him in in years, <laughs> and he got kicked out. Oh and really? So, yeah, and so For like stage we. Diving? Yeah, he did it like three times. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and they're, then they're lenient and to a point. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> he's a pretty wild, uh-huh. wild person. Stage uh, diving is it is quite
0: fun. I've never done it. Never. Have you stage dived Oh, for
1: sure. Okay, tell I me, please. It.
0: Tell me a story of stage diving.
1: Um, I've well, never back... been in
0: a band that people liked that much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never do it whenever I perform. Okay. I should mention that because uh, I'm like, I sing sad songs. You know, it would it not wouldn't fit necessarily. So does Phoebe Bridgers. I'm sure she stage yeah, dives. Yeah, that's true. Um, she's but also back in the day. There was this band in St. Louis called The Urge, and um, and just a lot of shows. You, I would go and. You would, it would just be like you'd be up front and they, somebody would just tap you and be like or you could just be like put me up and then they pick you up and then you just start falling into people and they help you you know
0: or don't oh well I've crowd surfed well I mean I'm, I'm saying like jumping off the stage oh, onto the I the guess crowd.
1: no I haven't I haven't stage dove I've just crowd surfed okay sorry I th- <laughs> my bad <laughs> sorry I'm such a dick <laughs> no problem um, fucking semantics apparently <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Are you, uh, did people try and steal your shoes
1: yeah I think that was definitely uh, that was definitely happening I remember that like at the, these urge shows there was like the biggest band in St. Louis they were like the local band uh-huh. had connections with um, 311 Nick Hexham sang on there which I saw I saw 311 a couple nights ago at Terminal 5 that well, I was saw your Instagram fucking hilarious it was like a bunch of fucking 40 year old really respectful mosh pit guys <laughs> yeah it was like hilarious it was not i mean it was oh fun Everybody was down it's but so it was like funny. it was very you know it was not like people swinging fists and stuff everyone it was, was like, much kinder than they looked yeah and when somebody <laughs> fell it was like huh, which is like good you know no it's awesome um but at these urge shows i mean it would just be like you just would crowd surf up and then and then you the security would grab you and then you went down and then just do it again. You could just keep going. And there was they oversold the place in St. Louis called the Pageant. They oversold the Pageant, and it was just like so packed in that uh, the crowd surfing was great. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. That was there was some crowd surfing at the Three Eleven
0: too the other night. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I feel I very quickly in my concert going career got too big to be crowd surfing. Oh yeah, like because he. I mean, I started going to concerts in, like, seventh grade, and I went to the Ataris. That was my first, like, show, show, Uh and uh, the Nile Underground in Mesa, Arizona. Okay. And uh, I crowd surfed a couple times that night. Yeah. I I was, like, small. I hadn't hit my growth spurt. And then, like, a year later, I was, like, six feet tall. It was too big. And (laughs) it was just, like, I was just, like, I feel bad (laughs) asking people to, right, you know. and You're inevitably
1: going to run into somebody that doesn't see you coming because you have no control, you know, and it's, like... When you're, yeah, 180 pounds, hitting somebody is way different than Yeah, it's
0: different when, like, this small small Avril Lavigne lookalike falls right. on your head. Right. Um, this is 2004, also. This is, uh, <laughs> you know. She's hot, like, music-wise. She, she was she popular. was the hot new thing back yeah. then. She yeah. was inventing punk rock. <laughs> right. She wears a tie. <laughs> she wore a tie <laughs> with, like, a... Um, Said he's a skater boy. With the what are those things called? Tank tops. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, that was. there's a politically look. incorrect name for them. I don't know what they're. <laughs> yeah, but we'll just say tank top. Yeah, a shirt. I think is uh, what Haynes calls them. A, a- shirt, a shirt. Um, it's more of an
1: H though. I don't. Really get where the I know a comes what from. the fuck Haynes. <laughs> Maybe you turn them sideways.
0: I oh yeah. Through the armhole. Gotcha. <laughs> I thought Haynes H- H- was like worried about being too self-promoting. They're like, we can't just call it an H shirt. Like, <laughs> right. uh, the Hanes shirt, come on, who the fuck do we think? Nobody we are? wants that. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I have to say the Hanes um, white large V neck uh, is just my favorite. I get it. I go through like a pack of those a year. It's if you're
0: going to a Carl Bank show, mm-hmm. bring it. Bring him some shirts. <laughs> the
1: uh, the dude from uh, Have you ever seen the documentary about um, the Barclays Marathons? You know what I'm talking you can about. You Just assume I've never watched okay. anything. Okay. If it's <laughs> not guy, a Coen Brothers movie Lake, or like Fight Club, I haven't seen it. It's like the Fight Club of the of the ultra marathoning world. It's like oh, very cool. kind of secretive how you can get in it in this particular race, and the um, entrance fee is always like two two dollars seventy five cents, and you got to bring the guy whatever he needs shirts or socks or whatever it is, and oh, like that's really? a, and a license plate from wherever you're from. Um, that's one of them fucking <laughs> rules, and then he hangs them all up and stuff.
0: That's cool as hell.
1: Yeah, it's a crazy race. They you do these. The race is five twenty-mile loops, and you find these books in the woods that he tapes to trees, and you have to rip the pages out of the books to prove that you did the loop. You know, and um, it's like one of the hardest things. You have the time limit is like. Sixty hours or something like that.
0: Who who is the guy that does this? His
1: name's Lazarus Lake. Lazarus and, uh, Lake. I've heard character. that name yeah, before. He, he does. Um, he does a lot of different running events. He has this one thing called like a. you have a children's cartoon also. I don't think this guy
0: does. That okay. <laughs> could be. I mean. I don't know. Just Lazarus Lake car- just sounds like a cartoon character. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs>
1: and he could have stolen it from. There's this other ultra runner called Davy Crockett. So I think they're just people are just grabbing names. Yeah. You know. Um, but he does this thing called a backyard where it's like you do a four mile loop every hour and you just show, you just have to show up. And this guy that I know, um, ran with it, the lion's roar, this shirt, um, he did that. He was like on team USA at this Lazarus Lake, uh, run just a couple weeks ago. And he ended up doing like 200 miles, um, every, you know, four miles loop every hour. And every then, hour you do four miles. Yep. And so you can run it in the beginning. You're running it and then resting, and then by the end you're just trying to get back. Just by the trying time. to make sure you get that
0: four miles in mm-hmm. that hour. Wild. Yeah,
1: yeah people do, and nobody's. I forget what the goal like. Nobody's, nobody's died. hit. Well, I'm sure people have died. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> I don't know, but this is these are relatively safe. When people die, it's like elements. Usually, it's the elements like a snowstorm comes that nobody knows about, and you know, and people get stuck somewhere. And yeah, yeah. These are if it's four miles, you can get. To people pretty easily, you know, some help, some medical Mm -hmm. attention. Yeah, and you see the aid station. So I don't know that anyone has died during a backyard, but um, it's always an option, or it's (laughs) it's
0: always an option. It's always I mean, (laughs) 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 yeah, that's that is always an option. Um, (laughs) Dude, when so are you? uh, I don't want to blow your cover are you thinking about doing that race this winter
1: for sure i'm gonna do it i'm gonna um it's gonna be called the hot dog eater 50 kilometer and we're gonna start in at my place december 30th this is gonna be a beta year like just a test and Uh see maybe have some people um and so gonna run from my place in astoria queens where we do our half marathon start and then run to coney island and then eat a hot dog from nathan's and then, if you want the like grizzly glizzy award, you got to get in the water in Coney Island, up to your head, and then dry off and then run back. So it's 15 miles down, eat a hot dog, get in the water, 15 miles back. Fuck, and man. people can ride a you can ride a bike, you can do it, you know, however you want. Same way our other marathon is, where you can do it however you want. Um, but if you want to get the grizzly glizzy award or the glizzy grizzly award then you have to eat the hot dog run the whole thing eat the hot dog and get in the water um so that's kind of my plan but i also will, would need a volunteer i i we have this like steam room and it, i could take it portably down to coney island and have that for anybody that could potentially have hypothermia or something from getting in the water after running for 15 miles you know uh-huh. but um I'm trying to figure out if I can do that somehow. Okay.
0: Um, damn, damn. That's uh, that's a lot. Yeah. Did um, you do it? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's a straight shot. You just
1: run straight down through Prospect Park, Queens. Prospect Park.
0: I want to do it. Park. The problem is, is I haven't run in over a month, and I've got two months to get there. Yeah. If you just started walking.
1: Dedicated walking a little bit every day, you'd be fine. You could do it. But, I mean, I'm not putting any pressure on you. Dedicated walking? Just like, yeah, just because you you just basically walk the whole thing, you know. And so it would be like a seven-hour walk or something like that. or I don't know. I can't do the math that quickly, but something like that. So if you're just, you know, really slowly but just like have like, you know, make it a point to go do a couple blocks or whatever, um, I think you would be fine. Try to build up a little bit, but don't try to like do too much before it. You know, yeah. consistency would be optimal.
0: You know, well, I'd like to get back into like running. Uh-huh. You know, I just yeah. No, I think you're right. So just try and get get a few miles in every day, mm-hmm. and then some runs here and there.
1: About a month, like say,
0: so, let's see, yeah. So I've got almost Beginning... a, it's November first. So I've got almost exactly two yeah, months.
1: Exactly. So yeah, by the. You could put in some work at the beginning of this month and then you know um, peak kind of the beginning of December and then taper down um, into the race. You know the last last week you want to do very little um, just to rest up and stuff. But last week you're just doing a mile or two or mm-hmm. you know while. again, consistency is always the key. you know make sure you're resting enough, but then just like if you're you know two to three miles a day is, is good. You know. Okay. For this distance. October.
0: I think. I don't know. It's also challenging, so Yeah, I mean it's know. it's just it's like I told when I told when I met you or or when we were running that the yeah. half marathon, I was like, I wanna run thirty miles. Right. I think that's the like and my slice next slice half marathon. The bridge and a slice half marathon, which is a fucking blast and anyone listening we're gonna do it should do again. it next year. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, if I'm in town I'm definitely doing it. Um the yeah, okay. Well, I got something to think about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Would you eat a hot dog? Yeah. Okay. Do you like hot dogs?
1: Yeah, I love hot dogs. I don't know. I'm just trying to make make love it a food-based um, ultra marathon. I thought about calling it the glizzy gallop, um, but I think the hot dog eater 50 kilometer is pretty fucking funny, and <laughs> yeah. I think I like that one the best. Like the wiener eater 50 kilometer? We, yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good one wiener eater 50 kilo (laughs) meaner i already made the flyer though ah shit shit. (laughs) well it's beta so this year i'm just gonna like ask some friends um like my see if some people want to do it and see if we can like logistically get it done cool you know and then next year probably the same week december 30th which is the kind of like the first time i did an ultra marathon was that date and um where we did a perimeter of Manhattan, and um, so it's kind of like in, yeah, keeping that going. Okay. You know? Shit, dog. Yeah,
0: I'm down. Do I'm it. gonna. Uh, Will you be in town? I mean, it's like some people travel. I should be around. I'm hoping that the former mentioned rock band uh, is having me work their mm-hmm. their uh, residency Run. at Brooklyn Steel. So. Oh my God, can you get me a job there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about a job. I could Stand
1: yourself clean.
0: What are you doing uh Monday morning? Monday morning. I'm free on Monday morning. Let's talk about that. Okay. Um cool. That's awesome. Um no, that's I think I should do it.
1: Yeah. I think, I think so too, but I mean I'm not trying to put undue pressure on you and then you like feel
0: pressure and then go hurt yourself no. or something, you know. I'm I'm uh I need I need some pressure just to fucking do it, but Mm -hmm. like like I'm already putting more pressure on me than you ever will, okay? Because I'm I'm like
1: and like you just get the fucking okay. So like if you get a city bike app, you can just fucking get on a bike if you're feeling super shitty, you know. But the thing is that down Ocean Parkway, there's no city bike all the way to Coney Island. So there's like a ten mile
0: stretch where you have to walk it or run it. You know uh what I mean? Unless I, you have your own bike. if I Short of injury, I just want to make the 30 miles I think on, you can foot, do it. Yeah. You know. And you can see Prospect Park. I'm, I was like torn
1: because I kind of wanted to do Bridge in a Slice 2, T-O-O, and do like a perimeter of Manhattan type of thing. Uh-huh. But everybody got so lost <laughs> during Bridge in a Slice that um, I don't want to make the route complicated. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, it was just like,
0: there was... It wasn't yeah. that hard. No, it wasn't. It's very <laughs> self-explanatory, but... And I'm not, like, I don't live in that part of... I'm never I'm, in that part of Manhattan or sister Queens. My sister-in-law,
1: Beth, was the last... She was, like, the sweep. You're going last, just keep keeping out. you know, be behind, in the very back. She's one block in, and a runner comes from, like, <laughs> this direction. <laughs> like, 90 degrees off the course. It was like, how are you already over there? Like, that early on? Yeah. And then the same runner, like, I'm not going to, it was just, like, people were all over the place, you know? That's amazing. I, I thought had no I, idea. I thought it was very, yeah, I didn't, I thought, and I remember seeing when we were running some people, like, sitting by the pond, you know, which is fine, I don't care, you know, They, but they were, like, had the bibs on, and they were, like, just sitting on benches, you know, clearly had yeah. cut off a portion of the park, but
0: I don't care. <clears throat> well, remember when we were, like, like, somehow those people got in front of us, and we were, like, dang, how did you, you guys just, right. like, kind of. Kind of went for it at the end because they just like ran past us and it was right. like, "How do they have this much energy?" <laughs> it turns out they were on a bike for most of it right, totally. and like ran the and end. Like of Is it? the and I was pizza like... over here, it was like uh, the, <laughs> dude, the pizza was way back there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I'm like, I had made a video.
0: I gave you a map. I specifically told you. You when guys I were you very good about giving directions. <laughs> had volunteers at every turn. Exactly. Like every spot you were supposed to turn, there uh-huh. were people there that were like telling you this is the way and still like everybody lost. (laughs) that's funny oh man
1: but people were not from new york and so like if you know new york it's like easy because everything's gridded out and you can just navigate it but
0: yeah and it's like i've been to central park before so i know like the general layout of the area and what you know so right exactly uh (laughs) <laughs> so, like, when I'm looking at that map, it makes sense to me. But, that mm-hmm. you know, I guess I got to think about that as, like, right. a, a lot of... It was wild how many people y'all had, like, traveling yeah. for this thing or yeah, that happened to be in town and, like, were runners and uh, wanted to
1: do it. My friend Marcus, who's doing New York this weekend, um, he has a random friend that randomly did our marathon. And she, she's like, posted her, you know, medal at the end of it. And she's like, it's just this weird dude he puts on this, like, weird half marathon." <laughs> It's like, oh my God, that's my friend Carl. <laughs> that's
0: amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. I I yeah. encourage like anyone who's yeah Bridges into running nice. or anything like that.
1: We'll announce it um, again. You know, um, probably first of the year or something like that. Yeah.
0: What weekend do you do that again?
1: It's like June twenty third, type of yeah around that around then. Um, there was a Pride uh, New York Roadrunners run that day. I remember we saw people with bibs, uh-huh. and so like I don't really want to. I guess there's gonna be a run probably any any weekend, but I don't really wanna like compete with if they're doing with something pride. righteous. No, yeah, and, try you know, and it. I'm like, We're just trying to I mean, we're just trying to make the money we put into it back, you know, but um it's not a non profit, you know, it's not like it's going to yeah. it's non
0: well, because we don't make a profit, but you don't wanna compete with a cause that you fully you're behind, exactly. you know, and make it seem like you're trying to draw attention mm-hmm. away from that cause or that But
1: thing. the New York Roadrunner's also it's like Easy, you know, like you just they just have something every weekend and it they just oh, like really Yeah, it's just this huge juggernaut of a thing that like yeah, to make little just to be like a little boutique run. It's like part of me wants to, you know, be competitive in a way, but Tell no. me more. Tell me more. Well, you know, like any you know, the fighting for the little man. No, I, I guess the whole our whole point is kind of like the anti-race event Uh uh-huh you know no bib number no can't win it don't even have to do the course you can ride a bike you can take the subway we don't care just do whatever you know if you follow the course you'll get the distance if that's what your bag is yeah you know um but just whatever do whatever uh and so like the new york roadrunners obviously the opposite of that where they're like it's all it's very competitive very like you know I don't know if the, I don't know the road runners, but it's like, they want your money a lot. <laughs> you know, it's like totally. a huge membership fee and they have things that are cool, like a place to shower in midtown and lockers you can utilize and stuff for commuters and stuff. Okay. I mean, it's But they just have a run every weekend. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if we're trying to like go around what they're doing, um,
0: just just What's don't year? do one the same weekend as like Pride.
1: Well, it's a whole month, so you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. Because didn't, it didn't happen. Well, last year we did it on a Sunday, too. So because yeah, the pizza. No, why did not we move it to Sunday? Oh, Porch Stop was on Saturday, and I was
0: playing at Porch Stop. Oh, yeah, that's the hat you're wearing. Oh, yeah. What's Porch Stop? You don't know Porch Stop? No, I man. Oh, my God, it's amazing. Shit. It's New York's biggest folk festival? Oh, I'm just well, kidding. That's what I'm, the hat says. I'm New York's... Biggest folk artist. So <laughs> naturally, I wouldn't know naturally. about it. <laughs> no, it's
1: um, it's a cool little thing. They do every um, summer. I the porch stomp comes from the clogging or whatever. huh. You know, I, I don't know if it's actually cl- called clogging, <clears throat> but yeah. whatever. Dancing, um, tap ta- tappers. What are they called? T- Stompers. Tappers. Tappers. Tap 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 tapperoo. <laughs> Cannoli. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, so, Governor's Island was, has all these, like, little, used to be military housing on them, you uh-huh. know, little one-room shacks, and they put, like, musicians on all those little porches, and oh, people stomp. have a keg, and yeah, some people, they have stompers, they have, I don't know, like, some um, kind of, I don't know, groups of people will have a stage, like, Cowgirl Seahorse has a stage, and... Uh-huh. Um, Niall Connolly and Friends has a stage and they book uh, nu- numerous acts and it's cool how
0: do I get plugged into the New York folk scene um Jalopy I've I think been trying for eight years and I just don't know go to Roots and Ruckus at Jalopy Roots and Ruckus have you ever been nope Farrell Foster hosts it he's great I, I don't know I'm him personally but or at all I feel but like I met him at a Jalopy open mic once
1: yeah um They do the other New York, the New York or Brooklyn Folk Festival. Okay. Where they have like a banjo toss. (laughs) You throw a banjo into the Gowanus or something. Really? Have you ever seen? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it has a string on it and it's like the only, the world's only banjo toss. And you (laughs) fucking throw it into the river and then they fish it out and then the next person throws it. (laughs) Throw a banjo in the river. Sick. Yeah. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Um, Where the banjos belong
0: um yeah well what's what's on the docket besides your your race that you got coming up what else is going on with uh, carl m banks
1: um you know i got those projects I, it's kind of like hunker down in work period now i mean i'm always playing shows around uh-huh. um i was playing this sunday night this is like we're gonna go to a storytelling show or i'm gonna go to a storytelling show after this and probably tell a little bit of this story but um I was playing at this place, Scallywags, on Sunday nights for like, I guess like four weeks. I played, and then I went to St. Louis. Where playing is a gig. Scallywags? It's in Hell's Kitchen. Okay, gotcha. And I filled right. in for a guy I didn't know one time, and the owner came out and took my number, and then he ended up giving me that Sunday night. And so he stole it from that guy. I, I, I guess I did, yeah. <laughs> um, but he he left early to go do his Red Lion gig. So Uh I was like, "Oh, I would never. I'll never leave early. You know, yeah, I'm good to go." And so um, I, and I was like, "I know I'm traveling in a couple weeks." He's like, "Well, you just find your replacement for those, for those times." Okay, cool. So I play a couple weeks, and then my buddy Tom fills in for me. And um, and when I'm in St. Louis playing a show, I wake up, I get an email that I didn't get this. I applied for this Ars Nova uh, workshop thing, and so I get the email. I didn't get it. I didn't think I was going to get it because it was pretty close to the deadline of when we we're going to hear. And I figured they probably already reached out to people that got it. And so I was like, oh, I kind of saw that coming, you know? Yeah. And then I look on Facebook and Tom, who's like a good friend of mine and a great musician, he looks like he's having a, had a good night at Scallywag. So I text him. I'm like, hey, had a good night. Awesome. Everything worked out. And he's like, yeah, they basically they offered me Sundays. And I was like, wait, no. No, that's my – I play Sundays. (laughs) They can't offer you. So I call the – he's like, well, can you call the owner? And I'm like, man. And so then basically this guy, Brian, books the music. The uh, hostess manager, Ro, liked Tom. The owner liked me. And so I was talking to the owner, and I'm like, well, I'm going to play next week because, you know, it was – I was scheduled to or whatever. So I show up, and I play, and it was decent. You know, I made tips, played my little heart out, played for hours and people loved it, but it wasn't like super packed or anything. And, um, and then like the next Tuesday I get, a I see my phone rings with a number. I don't know, but it's white planes and it's the owner. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Hey, what's up, Mike? And he's like, God, oh, it's just not working out with you. <laughs> oh like, shit. All right. Um, well, do you have any more information on why? It, Cause I had a good time and I was making tips and you know, it seemed like everybody was digging it. And he was like, um, it just wasn't upbeat enough. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm like, I use a drum machine. That's like 120 beats a minute. You know, like I, I'm, I'm not, I, it's not downbeat, you know, like it's upbeat stuff, you know, and he's like, now I'm like arguing with him when it's like, he just goes, they just didn't like you. Well, that's the thing. It's like, ah, oh, all right, whatever. Lost the gig, but gigs come and they go, yeah. you know? And so, um, just kind of like thinking about that's how it fucking happens like we were playing me and my friend Emily had a gig in um um the the Grand Ole Opry had a place in Times Square Is and it, we used to We talked about the yeah, so yeah it's like sorry i don't want no that's fine i'm glad you you told me cuz i would have gone into it but it's like they just come and go so um, yeah the good gigs too just disappear yeah totally and so there's this quote by um Sri Chinmoy and it's like it goes um it is a great winner who wins. It is a greater winner um, who is the joyful loser. And it is the greatest winner who does not sep- separate the value of victory and defeat. and is the only true loser who values victory over defeat. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that a lot. And so that's it. It's like you're putting yourself out there. You know, that's like part of it. You're
0: going to get rejections. You're going to get, mm-hmm. you know... Well, it's like the, I've been watching Mad Men, so this is why <laughs> I keep, yeah, I'm finally getting around to watching Mad Men. Uh, the, but the the second, or the minute you sign a client is the minute you start losing them. Mm-hmm. You know, the minute you land a gig is the minute you start losing yep. it. totally. You know, it's just.
1: Totally, and like, no, I'm glad Tom got the gig. I mean, he's playing Fridays now. I don't know what's going on Sundays there. What the fuck? Um, Tom? Tom? No, Tom's doing the job. I'm like, Tom fucking... plays Wonderwall. You know what I'm saying? I don't play Wonderball. Like that's what they want. They want somebody that's just gonna do the rowdy sing along um, hits. And like I've spent my whole fucking time learning the obscure shit because I, I don't want to do
0: what everybody else does. You know? Yeah. And it's just not and what they wanted. So. And. Whatever. You not know? everyone wants a wedding singer that only does B sides. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. So, um, like a week after that. I'm like, you know, it stings a little bit, but whatever. I got thick skin. I'm taking a bus up to New Hampshire and, um, I get a fucking email from Bear Grills. Well, like the, some casting thing that like for this Bear Grylls com- competition show. So then cut to the next weekend. I'm out in the fucking park filming myself eating, foraging and eating leaves and shit. Um, because I was trying to be on this Bear grill show. I had to do, like, this self-tape. I did, like, a Zoom audition and then, um, you know, did this self-tape thing where I did running around the city, cycling, and some first aid shit, and some knots, and some urban foraging. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is, like, what I'm doing with my day. And, like, you know, I send all that shit off and haven't heard back. Didn't think I would get it, but it's pretty funny. I made it to, the, like, the next level or whatever. Nice. So...
0: It's pretty funny. I mean, if I was that's casting a thing, I would. I'd want to have Carl M. Banks on that's it. I, that's what I said too. I think you're fucking rad. Um, you no, know we ought to do. We ought to make our own thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm making my own fucking.
0: That's what the people shit. from Always Sunny did. they were just like, let's make our own thing because nobody's hiring <laughs> us for anything. And then like it's been like a, right. it's been on huge for 20 success. years or right? right. I don't know about that, but yeah. Um, no, I mean, I really like. It. I think you make your own luck in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah. I see you out there playing. I see you out there doing stuff, you know. Um, I'd love to be doing more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we should we should do that busking day like I had mentioned before. I know the weather's, kind of. I mean, it's like, yeah. You
1: know? Wear fingerless gloves. That's what I do. Uh, that's the move. That's, that's the move. move. It's, it's hard. Move. I mean, you can't. You lose a lot of uh, intricacy in your fingertips.
0: You don't need intricacy f- to play.
1: Johnny
0: Cash. Yep. Well, this has been a good conversation. Anything else you want to talk about or go over before we... uh... The hot dog eater, 50
1: kilometer, or the (laughs) wiener eater, wiener eater, 50 kilometer.
0: Hot dog eater. I like hot dog eater. Yeah, hot dog eater. Yeah.
1: Wiener eater is like... Too close. It's like when you're wearing blue and navy blue and it's like, you know. Yeah, it's yeah hot dog eater <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna do that um i mean I got yeah gigs going up um red lion on, and in l i c bar playing there a lot, so life is good
0: hell yeah, sick well, um it's great to see you dude great to see you great to have this conversation, thank you for taking the time my pleasure um bruised toes will we coming out in may Bruce toes in mm-hmm. may talk to uh or f- make sure you follow Carl on Instagram. Yep, Carl M Banks, and um, yeah, yeah, I'm always there. Hell yeah! Thanks for listening. Uh, this is Chuck, this Charles. Smellsworth, Chuck and Char- <laughs> Chuck and Charles and Carl, <laughs> Charles Carl. Um, nope. thank you for listening. Hope you're all having a great day and uh, stay safe. Stay safe out there. <laughs> One time I was drunk on a morning show in Montana. The host asked me if I had a nickname. Said my friends call me the Dirtbag King. She said on the air I started giggling. Hasn't had me back, but now I've got this podcast. Welcome to my podcast.